one area where the skills and the skill requirements haven't changed over the last few years, and I don't—they're not going to—is uh, the need for marketers to have strong communication skills, customer relationship and internal relationship skills, and stakeholder management skills. So, you know, as a marketer, you can be the best marketer in the world, but if you are really poor at building relationships and communicating your ideas, what's the point of having all of that, you know, knowledge? This is That Marketing Podcast. Made by marketers for marketers. Welcome to season two of That Marketing Podcast. We've really enjoyed exploring all the nooks and crannies of marketing techniques over the last two years. So now we're having a refresh and speaking to leaders from specific industries about their approach to marketing. And where better to start for a marketing podcast than with the Chartered Institute of Marketing. Gemma Butler, CIM's Marketing Director, joined us on the podcast to share some thoughts about how their members have adapted to the world of 2021, how demand for skills has shifted, and her view on how B2B and B2C marketers should see each other. I hope you enjoy listening and happy marketing. So on this episode of the podcast, we are very, very lucky to have Gemma Butler, the marketing director of the CIM, to have some really high level talk and some interesting things about what's what's been going on in marketing from her perspective. Gemma, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, I think we've got to start with the most obvious question, which is how has marketing from a CIM perspective been affected by all the changes we've seen over the last year, 18 months? I can't think of anyone that's been not affected by it, but I've been just to get your perspective from kind of a higher view of marketers a bit more broadly. I think I think it's fair to say that marketing has, as a function, has been elevated over 2020 since we went into lockdown. Um, whether it's other parts of the business going to mark, turning to marketing to understand how do we communicate, uh, how do we use digital, how do we change or alter our products? How do we keep engagement up, brand reputation? All of these things, everybody suddenly turned to marketing. It was really interesting because CIM did some work with uh, the CMO survey, which is a survey that's been running in the US for the last 13, 14 years. And we helped them and the London Business, in association with the London Business School, do uh, their, their inaugural uh, CMO survey in the UK for the first time. And actually, one of the key headline results that came out of that was that 73% of senior marketers in the UK all said and stated that marketing as a function had been hugely elevated during the pandemic. So, you know, everybody suddenly turned to the function that knows how to engage and how to communicate and how to talk. Um, And also, interestingly, that's looking back 18 months, I think over 18 months and looking forward. We've seen um, some really huge issues, I think it's fair to say, and challenges come to the fore, really. So, you know, we've just released our, our report, the CMO 50, where we um, interviewed, we did both qualitative and quantitative research with uh, some of the leading CMOs in leading brands in the UK. And, you know, there's, as well as a pandemic, as well as a health crisis, we've got some big issues that marketing is kind of central to in terms of understanding it, how we take it forward, how we protect brand reputation, how we communicate. And, you know, there's there's diversity and inclusion, there's sustainability, there's data, there's regulation, there's social media. And I think, you know, both agree social media 
is a is a hive of of um, views and voices and opinions, and it needs to be managed very carefully. Yeah. Do you think that means? I, I think it's probably fair to say when we initially went into lockdown, there was very much a kind of tactical focus. People went, "Oh my God, what do we do? Like, what do we tactically? What do we get out the door?" But it sounds like then we've, we've that's actually given way to a, a better conversation about brand strategy, which probably marketers don't get to think about maybe as much as they should at the expense of tactics. Do you think that's right? I think I think we have seen a shift. In, in marketing taking its rightful place as a more strategic function. I think, you know, long, it's been far too long where marketing's been seen as advertising and sales and basically selling people stuff that they may not necessarily want. So, you know, this has been a real opportunity where marketers have had, have had the opportunity to go back to, you know, the core of brand strategy and communication. And I think businesses that, whereas we've all thrown into, into a situation that none of us have ever been in before were thinking how on earth do we remain engaged with our audience when nobody can go out okay how do you think that's um how do you think that's translated into the kind of skills that marketers a a need and b are actively pursuing are they are they is there enough is there more of a doubling down people saying you know i don't i need to learn more about this core thing that i'm already doing or do you think they're pushing much more into this this complete change in circumstances has opened up a massive field of or a, ma a massive something else that we're not doing already and i want to learn that i think as it, so from a from a prioritization of skills i mean we've we know that marketing moves at a, at a rapid pace and you know it's driven by technology it's driven by digital keeping up to date with digital skill sets is almost a daily job for specialists that do these things as the, as the tools get more complex and and you know they evolve i think what the pandemic did is you know combined with a certain level of will i have a job at the end of this or actually some self-reflection on the fact i haven't kept my skill sets up we've seen a huge amount of marketers coming through cim prioritizing themselves in terms of upskilling themselves learning things that they they necessarily wouldn't have had the time to do before. But it's an interesting one because I think that skills demands kind of change with recruitment demands. And you know, digital will always remain at, at the fore and as, as one of the leading areas where they need skill sets. But we've seen a lot more uh, focus around uh, people coming in doing brand and strategy and communications. And I talked to a lot of recruiters and they're saying that there's been a real increase in the number of roles around communications and PR and generalists. And we continuously debate, should you be a generalist? Should you be a specialist? Which is the most important? And I think, you know, that's absolutely down to either the individual and the career path they want to take, or it's down to um, the actual, um, the, the, the organization you work for. So, I think that debate will go on. I would say, however, that one um, one area where the skills and the skill requirements haven't changed over the last few years, and I don't—they're not going to—is uh, the need for marketers to have strong communication skills, customer relationship and internal relationship skills, and stakeholder management skills. So, you know, as a marketer, you can be the best marketer in the world, but if you are really poor at building relationships and communicating your ideas 
what's the point of having all of that you know knowledge um, if you can't share it and get people to buy into it so i think the soft skills and i hate calling them soft skills mm -hmm. the, the, the fundamental skills of being a person are always going to remain in my personal view the most important and then the other skills around that we see fluctuations depending on on the environment and what's happening in the market really yeah one of the other um guests i've had on was talking about the role of personalization or um, not personalization sorry personability in marketing and we're talking about how video has been a quite a thing that but like a spot that we've got into as well, like we we made sure all our webinars have video, which is something we didn't we hadn't really thought about much before because they replaced our seminars. And then obviously podcasts like this where it's a one-to-one -one conversation, person personality or personability, however you want to talk about it, it is it is really important. But then whether you can translate that into the white papers and guides and heavier content is something that that I'm still thinking about whether whether you can do it and whether it's appropriate to do it in in that context in terms of what learning and, and understanding how you hone yeah. those skills down and, and do those yeah in terms of sort of position through the funnel i think because you know when you're you know when you're trying to engage someone at a at a top of the funnel level for you know especially through social through emails that like you can be a bit kind of a personality infused these will catch their attention with something quite probably quite friendly and, and the spot the brand voice we deliberately try and keep quite friendly across everything that we do but then you get to a, a weight of the content especially when you're looking at you know if someone's down to the stage of considering how our software would plug into their CRM yeah when you get to those technical details personability isn't what they're looking for they're like what are the the dry technical things that we that we need to know yeah, and I think, you know, you've got those pure technical roles, your SEO, your PPC, your email, and, and those pure technical digital specialists, you know, very, very true to what they do. I think those personable skills, though, if you want to, I guess, for example, if you take the current environment now where there are a lot of jobs coming onto the market, but there are also an awful lot of candidates. So how do you stand out in a a crowd of people all going for the same role or if you're a recent graduate and we all know that that, that graduates and, and university students have had a really tough time during 2020 yeah. how, how do you apply for a role which over 18 months ago there were more jobs than there were candidates so if you wanted a job you could effectively get a new job you could chop and change but Think we've got all of these different we've got a perfect storm at the moment you've got graduates who are going to go into a working world where there is loads of other candidates available we've also got people coming out of of lockdowns where they either go well i don't want to live where i'm here anymore or i'm going to change my job and, and you know recent research i've been reading shows really high percentages of marketers want to change their jobs in the next 18 months and i think that's either a symptom of being locked down for 18 months and re-evaluating what you want out of life or you've lost your job or you know there's other factors at play so i think it's really interesting moment in how how on earth unless you have got superb technical skills and that's what makes you stand out as you say that's all they're looking for but even then how do you get down that initial top end of the funnel for people to notice you um, I think you've got to still have that, the ability to communicate and build relationships and, and be liked, I guess. Yeah, I suppose it comes down to that. Do you you have that kind of, do you say, oh, I, you know, I, I want to work for the right people that get my personality, I can bring that out? 
and if you're if you're you're changing jobs you can be much more picky you can say like i want a place that fits my cult my personality with the culture but like the matchup is there whereas if you're a graduate there's you know as i remember it being in graduate there's, there's a lot of pressure to you know get a job and it almost doesn't matter what which one it is so there's kind of probably two tracks at play yeah and i think you know the, the traditional graduate schemes i think you know i don't know precisely where they are known but you know a lot of organizations close down their graduate intake programs because of financial reasons and things like that and it's i think it's just a case of how what, what do you want to do? How do you work out what you want to do? Who you want to work for? Does that brand align to the values that you have as a person? And, and is it going to take you where you want to go? How do you, I guess, present the best version of yourself um, at the right time? Yeah, absolutely. I if we can switch switch track a little bit. We kind of talked about sort of marketing trends generally, but what I was what I was really interested about when we got you on was as marketing director of the CIM, you're, you're marketing to marketers. Yeah. And I, I feel like because I've worked in marketing for, what are we, six years now, I've become not cynical exactly, but you know, you sort of, you spot, you, you, you see a bit of marketing, you think, okay, I know, I know what that's doing, I know how it's going to get, especially ones that actually genuinely, I like at first, and I sort of think about it and go, oh, yeah, that's how they've done that, that's really clever. Do you, does, does do you as the CIM have to approach marketing differently when you're talking to that kind of that the audience with the higher base level of knowledge do you think i think i mean it it i think from the position i'm in working for the professional body that represents the marketing profession i i always go in thinking that everybody has the same level of, level of knowledge in the breadth of what we have at cim and actually it, you don't you you kind of are either very siloed in the, either the industry you work in or the actual area you work in but it it's interesting because um we have we have kind of two or three different elements that we have to cover so we have our revenue streams which is through our professional qualifications our training and our membership so we do marketing as marketing is done with our campaigns and lead generation and you know we do those through testing different types of campaigns product-led campaigns value-led campaigns uh, career-led campaigns, do we go to the individual, do we go to the organisation to get them to engage on the importance of upskilling and what we offer. And then we've got this whole other piece where we represent the profession and I think it's from that perspective our, our content gives us our voice and our conversation that we want to have. Uh, we have, we work with social channels like every other organisation and we have a real um, test and learn culture because we kind of have to know how to do it we should have to know how to do everything across social media you know and we're always testing different platforms uh, and trying to find the best strategies for working with them and all the while we're doing that we're bringing back information in what works for us as an organization because i guess if you take it back to its actual core we're doing what every other business would be doing um so it is interesting, but I think that breadth of knowledge and the breadth of our network and who we engage with, you know, I think we arguably have one of the broadest networks, marketing networks out there. Because we, we have, you know, academic partners, we have authors, we have specialists, we have practitioners, we have other marketers at all levels of seniority. And I think it's it's more the fact that we have quite a, a balanced, trusted and neutral, you know, view on things, you know, we'll call out things that we don't believe are the right things to do, but not in a kind of finger pointing mob half handed way. And then we we provide 
support and knowledge and information to marketers. So from that perspective, it's like different. I think from that perspective, it's a case of that's where our breadth of knowledge comes in and our the need for my team to have a much broader knowledge of marketing as a profession. Because it's yeah, we're representing a profession, as you say, not a, a an industry or a particular product, so to speak. Yeah. Do you think that sort of marketing to, when you talk about the, the difference between approaching an organization to train their people and the people themselves direct. Do you think approaching marketers directly has more in common with B2C than it does with B2B probably? If you're so if you're strictly it is business to consumer by a sort of very very you know literal definition of what B2C is. But I'm interested to see where that line falls. Yeah and I think you know in fairness probably the majority of our business is B2C or is is would be um defined as B2C because we do work with individuals um, and then there's the b2b side where we deliver into organizations but again we're delivering into organizations either from a from a subject-led area or go down to skill sets we're back to working individually with marketers at all different levels so um, we do we do make conscious decisions to to ensure that we are building our b2b portfolio up um, and looking at how you know, we, we maintain knowledge and support in that area, but the majority by, I guess, natural selection is, is a kind of B2C relationship that we have. Okay, on, on the basis of that, between, there's quite a bit of chat about sort of cross-pollination, if you like, between what B2B and B2C can learn from each other. Is, is that a red herring or do you think there are genuine things that B2C does that B2B could do and, and vice versa? I think there's definitely learning from each of them. I think um, people are dealing with people, irrespective, whether you're dealing with people in another organization or you're dealing with customers, you know, out in the in society and the general public, you're still dealing with people. I think there's probably, in my view, you there is a longer relationship to be built up on a B2B basis because it's my business working with your business. So I think you know from what I look at and what I read and the discussions I have, that longer term build up in the relationship of what you can do for each other is, is probably a longer, a longer period of time and, and it becomes a more sort of, I guess, long term relationship. Whereas B2C can be anything from I'm going to go in and buy your product once and, and it's transactional and I'll never speak to you again. Or you do build up a sense of loyalty, but with a much broader consumer base who then will buy from you because you either you deliver a really strong quality product to them or you know, sadly you hit a price point which is something we need to move away from um and you know there's that still that relationship there but i think it's a, i think it's a slightly different relationship but absolutely i think some of the principles still stand whether it's b2c or b2b and i'm sure there will be some arguments against that <laughs> depending on whether you work in b2b or b2c but i think you know people are still dealing with people at the end of the day yeah i suppose the b2b relationship is probably more either stable or predictable probably long term you know like a business yeah. is you know for, for spotlight we do marketing automation we're not suddenly going to need training in how to sell shoes i mean yeah barring something monumentally different happening whereas i've been in a couple of different marketing roles and they've been in different industries and they've had different focuses and you know, for example, at the end of 2019, I was my my aim for the year was to work on face-to-face -face presentation skills to do seminars, and obviously that changed in 
in a fairly major way. So that's where you, an individual market is more going to be all over them. You might have a a connection to the CIM for longer as a marketer, but you're not going to have that probably that as consistent a relationship because you could easily suddenly need a completely different set of skills to what you've yeah, done before. And I don't know if it is the expectation is the right thing, but I think in a B2B relationship, I think there is the expectations of maybe not necessarily higher, but there is a certain level that you would absolutely want to maintain. Whereas, you know, if you're a B2C and you you don't deliver to your, your customer, and they get, oh, well, I'm going to go somewhere else. There's probably not that same level of, I guess, fallout or, or, um, or, or you know, urgency behind that and what happens with your, your consumer basis, really. Okay, that's probably a good place to place to wrap it up. That really th there's the things that are changing, the things that have stayed the same, and we end up end up back where we started. No, no I've got one more question for you. Is it marketer or is it marketeer? That's the big one. Oh. <laughs> I say marketer um, and I come across people who say marketeer and then generally as we get halfway through the conversation they start to say marketer and I don't know if it's that subliminal thing of she keeps saying marketer, mm -hmm. I keep saying marketeer but you know I think there is that, um, I, I, I say marketer, I say I guess potato, potato, right? it's something I guess you should open up to your listeners, have a poll on it or something and see. Yeah, I We'll put that one on the episode page and on the on the social link to it. That's really, yeah, it's that it's 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 mimicry, isn't it? That like if someone leans forward or crosses their arms in conversation, you tend to do the same, even if you don't think about it. So there's there's probably a psychology element in there as well to that. But it's it's good to get a, an official marketer's opinion on. There you go, marketer. Right? I would tend to say marketeer as well, but I've started doing it as well. <laughs> Brilliant. That is a nicely controversial note to to wrap up on. So once again, thank you very much for being on, and thank you for sharing the insights. Thank you for having me. It's been good. Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Marketing Podcast. You clearly have wonderful taste. We hope you found the content useful and, and enjoyed it. We'd love you to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. Maybe leave us a review. If you can think of a topic that you, you'd like us to cover or even if you fancy coming on the podcast and sharing your own experience on a particular topic, uh, you can reach us at marketingteam at spotler.co.uk. Thanks once again and happy marketing. Mm -hmm.